Hello and welcome to the Celeste Stein Show. I'm your host, Dr. Celeste Stein, and I invite you to like, share, and subscribe to my YouTube channel where you can watch and catch replays of the live broadcast of the Celeste Stein Show. Thanks so much for tuning in today. We are also heard live on BBS radio station one, which can be found on iHeart. Today's show is for anyone who might be thinking about leaving their corporate nine to five job to start a business, but especially women. If you haven't heard already, there seems to be a paradigm shift taking place in the workforce following the corporate shift to working from home during the COVID pandemic. A new study reported by the World Economic Forum reports that 49% of new businesses started in the U.S. were actually started by women, which is up from about 28% in 2019. The guest I invited to join us on today's program is going to help us unfold what is actually happening here. Lori Gaska is the founder of the Grove Workspace in Houston, Texas, and she is here to tell us a little bit more about what she's seen firsthand taking place. Lori, I welcome you to the show today. Hello, it is so great to be with you. Thank you, first of all, for having me on. And uh, I look forward to sharing something that is really near and dear to my heart this morning with all of our listeners, especially the women or, or you know, anyone who knows a woman <laughs> who wants to help them out. You know, it doesn't just have to be women who are interested in our topic today. But thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Thank you so much for being here. We we really do appreciate it because I know you have a wealth of wisdom on the topic uh, for today's show. And I haven't told you this, but I have been a uh, woman entrepreneur for 23 years now. So That's wonderful. Um, public relations, marketing, and advertising. So we can really engage in this conversation because I have learned a lot over the years. Um, and speaking about years in recent years, I don't think we've ever quite seen anything like this where women are saying no to the nine to five and starting their own businesses. What do you think is actually going on? Well, you know, it's really interesting uh, because during the pandemic, we had only been open. We as of August this year, we've been open three years at the Grove Workspace for Women. And I, let, let's just pause for just a second because people, I, I am surprised that I get this question quite a bit, but what is a workspace? What is a shared workspace? What's a co-workspace? So before we keep talking about the Grove, we mm -hmm. probably need to clarify that for anyone who's listening who might need a little bit of clarification. The easiest way to describe it is similar to a gym membership where you buy a membership to go work out in a gym. You basically, when you come to a co-working space, buy a membership to a shared office space. And so that's where what we are. And it's very much like a lot of other shared office spaces you'll come across, but we are female focused. So that is what gives us a little bit more of an edge on knowing about this topic and seeing firsthand what women are doing. Um, I also get the question, are men welcome? Yes, men are welcome here always. We won't discriminate. That's a lucky man that gets in there, right? No. Hey, hey. <laughs> if a man can handle the pink velvet couch in the lobby, they are more than welcome to join us. So, yeah. So, so when we, August uh, 2019, we opened and then the, you know, the world shut down March 2020. And so I thought, hmm, what have I done here? <laughs> you know, <laughs> I've got this business. And so we did the 
the mandatory shutdown, you know, we are in Texas, so we were probably a little more loose than some of the world with um, being able to get back and running sooner. But during that time, we saw so many businesses closing down and so many small businesses closing down. And, and it was, you know, obviously the, the world was struggling and we actually expanded twice during that period because what I found was that one, this could be a whole nother topic, Dr. Celeste, but what I found was that husbands who were no longer able to go and work in the office came home and took over the home office where the woman may have been working (laughs) and he got dibs on the office and I'm like, okay, what's up with this? That's not quite right. So women were looking for a place to work and also they were looking for community because we did not realize how much we needed community until it was taken away from us. Right. And, and I'm not the only one that kind of has dealt with that because it's it's really hard when two people are both trying to work from home and you're in a shared space. It's uh, very uncomfortable sometimes because of the noise levels and, you know, you're doing, trying to do all these Zoom calls and things like that. You feel like you're kind of a prisoner in your own home. You can't just, you know, freely walk about and, and do things because, you know, work has encroached on the home space. So um, your idea, I can see why it's booming. (laughs) Yeah, it's really, it's been so great to see. And, you know, as far as women shifting from corporate jobs or even coming out of like maybe a more domesticated role at home into their dreams, I really think that's what the pandemic did for a lot of women. Um, We are adaptable as women. (laughs) We, as, as women, we are literally created to be able to juggle and handle multiple things at a time. And if we're completely honest in a traditional, maybe husband, wife role, if the wife, if the kid's sick, who do they call? They call the mom. You know, if, if there's a family member sick, who do they usually call? They call the wife, they call the mom, you know, so not only are we trying to like focus on a job and a dream and a career in a business, but we are also juggling all these other things at home um, as life shifts and turns. But I think people were like, you know what, this is, this is just my time. Like I I can't go back into my office. Maybe my business was closed down. What am I going to do? Right. Right. That's something that I think a lot of people were kind of struck with. Hey, what what is happening here and what does it mean, you know, for the future of women in business, um, corporations? I think things have completely changed uh, from when I first entered the workforce. And so understand that women entrepreneurship, you know, is also growing around the world. However, obstacles remain. And according to the World Economic Forum, they revealed that men still outnumber women three to one when it comes to business ownership. So do you think um, with this new paradigm shift that uh, that is something we might start to see change? I actually do think we're going to start to see that change. And I think we're starting to see it here. I know like in our little micro community of the experience that I have, that's what I've seen is that more women are wanting to take a little bit more control of their financial situation. Um, They're ready to start 
um, exploring those dreams that they've put on hold for so long to do the things that they are doing in their lives. Um, and I, and I do think we're going to start to see that shift, which is super exciting for me. I mean, I'd love to see it. That is our whole purpose here at the Grove is the, the name, the Grove, what came to me in a dream actually. And then I, I love studying words and looking things up. And so I woke up the next morning. I was like, Grove. Okay. So let's look at the significance of that. So a significance of a Grove is that it is a grouping of trees that help either give respite and rest to animals or people under them. Um, but it also helps those trees to stand and grow firmly and strongly together. And so that is our goal here is for women who are transitioning or who are ready to just start that dream for the first time, they can come in and be in a safe place surrounded by other women who are going to support them, help them plant their seeds, get their roots growing and grow strong so that they can then go out and do whatever they want to do. And, and that's the biggest joy that we have here at the Grove, believe it or not. I mean, we, we make our money from people being members here, right? But it is a bare joy, almost like a mama seeing her baby fly from the nest, you know, when they grow out of the grove and they are able to go out then and maybe have their own office space or do something that's calling them into bigger things. So it's, it is so exciting for me to see that happen time and time again. Yes, I am sure it is. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about you know, being on the backside of the pandemic and kind of where we're headed mm -hmm. uh, when it comes to business and working and uh, starting businesses. So we'll be right back in just a moment. A lot of things have come to a screeching halt due to COVID-19, but you should know that the court system in Tennessee is still open and holding in-person hearings for orders of protection and other types of abuse cases. If you have a hearing date, double check on where your hearing will be held. If you need assistance on an order of protection or temporary restraining order, contact the Legal Aid Society at 1-800-238-1443 or visit our website at www.las.org. And we are back live uh, talking to Lori Gaska, the founder of the Grove Workspace out of Houston, Texas. Lori, again, thank you for joining us. And I wanted to um, talk about the fact that even though we seem to hopefully be on the backside of the pandemic, women are reportedly still more greatly impacted by it. Why do you think that mm -hmm. is? Well, because things shifted so much. Things shifted so much inside the walls of the home. They shifted so much in the way that we know how to do business. Um, and as we mentioned earlier in the show, all of those shifts and things within the home tend to fall on the women's shoulders. <laughs> so if you are a woman trying to manage this new way business is done or the way that your kids are going to school or just the, your husband now decides he really likes to work from home. <laughs> what do you do? You know, now I've got this man in my hair all day long, you know, and he wasn't here before. So there, I think that's where we just carry the burden. Like women just carry the burden from an emotional standpoint, uh, logistical standpoint and, and beyond really. So how difficult do you think that makes it to actually start a business right now? Because I, I can see where some women might be running to get to the office, you know, like, you know, it's a lot on you, at, at, you know, at, when it comes to, you know, raising children and, you know, if yeah. you're 
you're married or even single parents that, you know, really have all of it on them. I mean, you know, is it difficult, you know, to start a business? You know, I think um, I'm probably mixed on my answer with that because I don't always think that to start a business period is going to be completely easy. I don't, you know, pandemic, post pandemic or whatever there, it's going to have its challenges. I think if you are ready to start your business, no matter what the situation is, you're going to find a way to start your business. That is, that is what I am seeing in women being so resilient and women are strong and powerful. And I just keep going back to that word adaptable. Like we change and ebb and flow with situations and I I think if a woman wants to start her business now, yeah, there might be some challenges, but there also may be some positives to it because there is um, small business loans. There are things out there that are that the economy is in and the world is catching up to these issues and trying to find solutions, you know, so women can go out and get a small business loan now if they want to. They can join a community of entrepreneurial women and like the Grove and have that support system. And I think because we are all kind of in this together, Mm -hmm. we feel this camaraderie, you know, and we want to, we want to fight and, and support that woman who is doing her thing now more than ever, because we want to see her rise. And that's the, I love the saying that a rising tide raises all ships. And so every time, you know, it it is true, right? Is it not? Yeah. Um, So at the Grove, is that how you kind of differ from other workspaces by having sort of the the nurturing support? Because, you know, as I mentioned to you in our quick talk before we started, I actually um, started a business over 23 years ago, started as a sole proprietorship and then moved uh, into becoming an S corporation. And over those years, um, I'll just say, well, I want to kind of date back to be- right before I started, I was working a very uh, busy job. I was like mm-hmm. manager of public affairs at an airport. And so I ended <laughs> up, uh, you know, like having a lot on my plate on a regular basis. But I was always thinking about, you know, this idea of being an entrepreneur. But every time I thought about it, Lori, I swear to you, my stomach, mm-hmm. I was ripped in fear. My my stomach would be a knot that I was thinking, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. you know, you know, what all is needed. Fortunately, I did have some um training in school. I actually studied business economics at Spelman College in Atlanta, mm-hmm. Georgia. And so I learned, I think, a lot more than most people who are starting in terms of, you know, how many businesses actually fail and what you really need uh, in terms of how you do uh, the startup in terms of a business plan and things like that. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. But, um, you know, I think that it's really important that when you are starting, that you're aware that there are other people in this, you know, that you can find those people who, you know, can help mentor you. And so Mm -hmm. I want to talk about mentorship. You know, typically, I really would have to hunt 
for a mentor. I found a lot more people were coming to me for help and assistance than the other way around. Fortunately, I did have some, you know, knowledge and background, but, you know, how strongly would you recommend at the outset uh, getting a mentor or, or, you know, being a part of a space like the Grove and having those people around you? That actually is probably one of the number one things you should do. I mean, that is such a great point to bring up. And I too was in corporate world 23, 24 years ago in a, in a corporate world entrepreneurial role. I, I had created my own public relations firm and I was working with corporate clients. So I think we have a very similar path in that we're probably close to the same age. And so I, I would like to say that I think things have evolved as far as women being more on the forefront of starting businesses and it being more accepted and, and encouraged, but that is the number one thing because entrepreneurs kind of get into this mindset of I'm doing this alone. Entrepreneur itself kind of seems like this is, I'm a solo, you know, person doing this. You can't do it alone. I I mean, you can, right? You can, you can get out there and do it by yourself and grind away, but why not take the opportunity to learn from other women who've already been down that path a little bit, who can maybe save you some of the heartache from learning from our, our mistakes, right? And also just knowing that you have a safe place to come to and discuss your ideas, um, get, we call masterminds. We have masterminds here quite a bit where we just sit in a room or we sit around a table and we talk about everybody's business. You know, what is your struggle right now? What is your success right now? What's going well? What is not going well? Um, we have a six week course here called the greenhouse because related to the grove, a greenhouse is where you plant seeds and nurture them until they can be planted outside. So same concept. And it is six weeks of mastermind where every single week there's six women in the room. They each get a chance to talk about the next level of their business or their next struggle. And every woman who has done that is just absolutely floored with the power of community. Hmm. And that is, that is, it's huge. It has to happen. You have to find your community. Yeah. That kind of thing, I think really helps in getting over your, your fears. Cause like I said, when I, when I first started that being gripped in fear, I remember actually one day I was talking to a friend of my husband's and he uh, asked me, you know, what was going on? What was I thinking about? And I said, well, I've been thinking about this idea of, of starting a business. I said, but every time I think about it, I, you know, oh, I just get so afraid. And he goes, what are you so afraid of? Mm-hmm. And I said, he's like, what is the worst thing that could happen? Mm-hmm. And I said, well, let me think about that. Let me answer that question. And, you know, the answer was, well, wait a minute. I've always worked. I mean, I had a newspaper route at the age of nine. And so I was like, I guess, you know, if it if it just is totally off and doesn't work, I would, you know, start over again and, and just get a get another job. But, you know, 23 years later, you know, we're still we're still in in business. Okay. So I think sometimes you just have to, I mean, and I won't say it's been, oh, it's just been easy and it's been the greatest thing ever. It's been very difficult at times. And so, you know, you always uh, struggle and what have you, but that friend, he goes, fear is just false evidence appearing as real. I said, wow, that's really good. 
<laughs> you know, and go back and write that down. That is that needs to be on my wall here. That is amazing. I love that. Right. I just love that. We, you know, and that that's what kind of helped me to get over it. And then I had a friend that was in banking. I never even thought about him um, as a resource. But one day we were talking and I told him, like, I would love to start this, you know, PR business just like you. And uh, he was like, well, how much money do you need? I was like, oh, wait a minute. Uh, like, you know, when you really start talking about that, you're like, you realize, hey, I am going to have to pay this back. Right. So you really uh, have to be mindful of that, you know, and so I want to talk to you a little bit about uh, funding because that's an important component. Um, are you able to, um, you know, get people match with funding sources or do you have partnership in those areas and, and kind of what do you recommend that people do in those circumstances where they're starting, they, they find they need funding? So within my circle of network, we have bankers and, and financial advisors who can definitely help people with that situation. Um, so similar to you, when I started this, the Grove, I didn't have to take a huge amount out because, you know, it, we didn't need a bunch of overhead. Um, and I had another business, fortunately, that was, was giving me some income. So I, I wasn't trying to just be solely dependent on this as my income in the beginning. So I think that's something you have to decide too. How much money am I going to take out depends on, am I going to be living on this money as well as starting my business on this money for a while? Or am I just, do I have enough money set aside to live on for a little bit? And this money I'm taking out is just going to be for my business. So I think you need to be super realistic with your budget. And as you know, you can probably attest, things usually cost more than what you think they're going to. <laughs> um, so always have a little bit more there than you, than you need. Um, it, budgeting is, is it's not my strong suit. I wish I could say it was. I, this year, finally hired a bookkeeper. <laughs> I was like, I can't do this. It's not my strength. But I think that's something important too, to assess your strengths and be completely transparent with it before you jump into this. Right. I, uh, I sat in on a uh, small business QuickBooks session at a uh, business seminar in Tampa a few weeks ago. And um, it was so interesting. The, the people in the room, I was a little more experienced and actually had, you know, used QuickBooks for about 20 years. And wow. I was just sitting in there listening and, um, just, well, I can understand why people don't always want to jump into that because it's very costly. Um, you know, this one lady was saying she was paying $800 a month with her business just to do the bookkeeping. So those are all things that are so important that uh, certainly need to be talked about and uh, a plan devised with a very uh, specific uh, strategic detail as to how you're going to take care of all of the obligations. You got to know what those things are. And unfortunately, sometimes people haven't thought about that before they get into it. So that's something we're going to talk more about when we talk about corporate structure and all the things that you're going to need, you know, to start a business. So we're going to 
uh, take another quick break. Um, I want to mention that we do have a call-in number. Uh, if there are those of you out there that might want to call into the show and ask Lori or myself some of the questions you may have about small business ownership, let me give you that number. It is 888-627-6008. Again, that number is 888 627 6008 and uh, we'll be looking out for your calls and uh, if you should have questions we can interject those into the show in a, in a few minutes so we'll take a quick break and we'll be back in a moment when it comes to relationships there are some obvious signs you can use to spot someone who might be abusive first they have a tendency to want to rush into a relationship they may also show signs of jealousy and mistrust and you could find they expect you to be perfect and will try to cut you off from other important relationships. They could also be abusive towards animals and children. To learn more about the signs of dangerous individuals and how you can identify and avoid unhealthy relationships, contact the Legal Aid Society at 1-800-238-1443. And welcome back. You're listening to The Celeste Stein Show. I'm your host, Dr. Celeste Stein, and today we're talking to Lori Gaska. She is with The Grove Workspace out of Houston, Texas, and she's giving us a wealth of information today on business ownership and The Grove Workspace and how um, having the camaraderie of women in business uh, just shows just how resilient women can be and uh, you know, when we all get together and partner and share the wealth of knowledge, how powerful that can be. Um, as we continue on with the show, I wanted to um, take a moment to talk about what folks actually need to consider before jumping out on their own and starting a business, leaving that nine to five. Um, let's address corporate structure first, Lori. I wanted to talk about what are the different ways one might consider actually structuring the business? Right. So let, let's step back for a second because there are three basic things. I always say pillars that I think uh, anyone will need to consider before starting the business. And, you know, you say people leaving corporate nine to five, that is a big thing. But it's also the the woman who's ready to start her business that hasn't had a job for a while or maybe has been focused right. on raising children or something like that. So there's lots of different reasons why a woman or phase of life that she may want to be starting a business. So you've got your business foundation, which includes the corporate structure, right? So that that's super important. And then you've got your your mindset. We're going to we're going to focus on that a little bit, because if you don't have your mindset set correctly, then you've lost before you start, right? So, um, and then the final thing is marketing and making sure that you have your messaging clear, your product um, clear, your ask clear. Um, so for structure, there are various ways to do that. I What I want to really focus on under the business foundations is getting the help that you need to properly set up your business. Because I'm not a lawyer and I can't give you the specific ways to do that, I do want people to know that it is a business cost and a business investment for you to hire a lawyer. And there are lawyers who are solo practitioners who are not going to charge you as much as these, you know, bigger name. So find a lawyer in your area who is who knows small businesses who actually might be a woman herself. My my lawyer is a woman. And so she works with a lot of women-owned solopreneur 
type businesses. So when I come to her with questions about these things, she knows 100% because she's had so much experience with that. So making sure that you realize your team is set and you are not, again, go back to not doing this alone. You've got your community of support that we've talked about having, but you need your business foundational support as well. So you are going to need that legal counsel and guidance. And it's not like you're going to have to pay for this lawyer legal fees forever. They're just going to set you up properly so that you have the correct LLC or S Corp or whatever it is that you need that is going to be best for your business to protect you, to protect your home, to protect your, your actual business. You're going to need, you You mentioned QuickBooks. You're going to need somebody right away who is going to help you with that. If that's not your skill set, like I said, it is not mine. So you can find someone who can handle all of that for you. My, my bookkeeper is $159 a month and I would pay that <laughs> for the rest <laughs> of my life. I mean, that, I have to deal with it, right? <laughs> I understand of completely. But you know, t- Talk to an accountant, talk to someone to make sure that you know how much money you need to set aside for your taxes every month. When you're bringing income in, what can you write off? What These are all parts of your business foundation. And as an entrepreneur, we often feel like we can do all of that by ourselves. And we may be able to, because if we are starting our business, we probably have a fairly smart business mind. And I know that you do. I know that you have a very smart business mind, but you have to ask yourself, what is my time worth? Because we all get the same 24 hours in a day. So I'm going to spend half of my 24 hours in a day trying to figure out QuickBooks, trying to make sure I have the right legal structure done, or am I going to put aside some of my money from my initial investment into that structure building and hiring the right people so that I can actually focus on what my passion is and what my. Yeah. You definitely have to, to develop your pie chart and know where, you know, the money's going, how much that is. And uh, you know, even before you borrow, because uh, so many people have come to me, you know, even doing public relations, you know, we ended up helping in so many other ways and you kind of look and you're like, wow, um, you know, you know, I'm, I'm the type that if I can help, I, I will. But like you said, a lot of people do need a very specific advice, whether it be legal advice or working with a bookkeeper or an accountant uh, to help them uh, with the, you know, billing and, and, uh, you know, uh, I meant invoicing and, you know, uh, rece- accounts receivables and things like that. So, um, you know, as, getting back to corporate structure too, I will say that when I started, I actually started as a sole proprietorship, which is an individual. The thing about that though, is obviously it doesn't protect your personal assets. So it's really important to know about all of that and the differences and even what it costs to set up that corporate structure. So that's the starting point along with a business plan. Before you even get to that, you should obviously develop uh, your your business plan. Um, wanted to talk about, you know, also adding things like insurance. Um, you know, I'm sure those are all things that are part of uh, when you're networking at the Grove, letting people know, hey, you need all these things. And I know here, I guess I'm in um, the Florida area. It's um, 
different uh, in that uh, the insurance is way higher than in other uh, states where I've lived. I guess we have a lot of hurricanes and things like that. Obviously, we just had Hurricane Ian and and we had a tropical storm. So a lot going on there. So that might drive those prices up. So those are things that, you know, also should certainly, I'm sure, um, you know, be investigated. Um, the next thing um, I do want to get into a little bit more, we talked about it briefly on the front end, um, but it is, is funding. So Lori, what are some of the ways that you think women can actually, who have never been in business before, who might be at home thinking about, you know, starting a business for the first time, or maybe you've worked a little bit, you're tired of that rat race and you want to do your own thing. Of course, I'll say you might think you might be jumping. What do they say? Jumping out of the frying pan into the fire or whatever. It's just like, you know talk about that for just a second because my I have two girls and two boys and my daughters um my children are a little bit older so they're starting to think about like what they're going to do for careers and that kind of thing and I've had both of my girls say I want to have my own business like you mom I mean it just and I was like okay I love that I have instilled that in you but what I want you to know is that it will be the hardest job you have ever loved and it it will be it, it is not we often make it look so easy from the outside, right? That we, because we want to be all put together and this, we've got this all working smoothly and we're just fine oiled machine. When in reality, we are like this underwater, you know, like a thousand miles an hour trying to do all the things. It is the most difficult thing I've ever done. That is the most rewarding thing I've ever done. And so just don't expect it to be super easy. And I, and I do want to say real quick, when you're talking about business structure and all the things that we talked about, and it could be overwhelming for some people listening, like, oh my gosh, I didn't consider all those things. It's a lot. <laughs> so it, it, it's a lot. So when you find your business advisor or your legal advisor, whoever you're going to talk with, come in with all of your questions ready to go. All of the things that we have mentioned today, insurance, what structure do I need? What about my taxes? What kind of accounting do I need to do? All of these things have them clearly defined on a list because lawyers charge you by the hour. <laughs> so when you go in, you don't want to go in and just be completely unprepared. So you are going to prepare to be prepared. So that is, that's what you're going to have to do. So any of these things, just start making your list so that you can be very clear with all the things that you need to consider. Um Education is so important. Uh, I think, you know, take the time to go to the SBA's website, read uh, as much as you can. The Each state obviously has a lot of information about small businesses and how you can start up and what things you're going to need to start your small business. So that is yeah. just key. what you just said, you know, so important to, you know, get uh, what you need. And like you said, everything's costly. If you're uneducated, you're going to pay like twice as much. So true. Very true. Yeah. hundred percent. So let you, you mentioned funding. So just personally for me, when I started the Grove, um, you know, I was looking at this is pre pandemics and, you know, so things were a little bit different, but I was looking for just a traditional business loan. How, how can I go? You know, and when I went in, because my other business is um, a network marketing business or a multi-level marketing business and MLM, bankers do not like those kinds of businesses. <laughs> and I <laughs> wait, I'm making enough money for you to approve me for this, you know, 
$25,000 loan that I'm looking for. And they're like, no, your income doesn't count. And I'm like, how can it not count? I have been making, you know, so that was like a wake up call for me. So we right. had to get a little creative, like, how are we going to do this? And we refinanced our house and rates were really low at the time. So we were able to roll it into a set a second um, part of our mortgage. So there are other ways that you can do this than just going to the bank and asking for a loan. You don't, don't dismiss the idea of grants, especially right. now post pandemic, there are more grants out there for women owned businesses. And so, and minority owned businesses as well. So do not, I mean, apply for everything. It's like when I was going to college way back in 1988, you know, my mom was like, apply for all the scholarships, all the scholarships, you know, exactly. Listen to mom. (laughs) No one's ever going to tell you yes. If you don't ask, Mm -hmm. you you might get a no, but no one's going to tell you yes. If you do not ask. And so don't ever open the door, you know, you will never know what's behind it. Right. Exactly. Push on all the doors, push on all the doors. And you know what? Go to women who are established in business in your area. Those women may be wanting to invest in a woman who is starting a business. You need to look and be creative in the ways that you are seeking out funding and not just think if someone tells you no at a bank that you cannot do this. Because you're going to get no's along the way. You're going to get no's for a lot of things. But you've got to be prepared to push on the doors and open other doors and start conversations with people. Um, Because if if someone were to come to you, Dr. Celeste, and say, I need to think about funding for a business, you can share with them your personal experience. Mm -hmm. But if they ask you, you're probably not just going to throw it out there. So start, start networking, start talking to women who have shown to be successful in business. Ask them what they did. What did you do? Right. What learn? What is something that you would not do again? What is something that you definitely would do again? You know, just ask the questions. Right. And I mean, you got to sometimes hunt those people out because they're not very many of us. They really aren't. And they're way fewer um, since the pandemic. Uh, so many businesses have, uh, you know, either temporarily halted or have closed altogether. So now it may be a good time to kind of start to get back out there now that doors are opening and that type of thing. One thing I want to mention is that data from the Bureau of Labor Statistics shows that approximately 20% of new businesses fail during the first two years of being open, 45% during the first five years, and 65% during the first 10 years. Now, those certainly to me are not good odds, and women and minority-owned businesses certainly tend to face greater struggles because they don't usually have access to the same uh, capital and funding sources that other businesses have. So are you seeing... um, in your circles, are you seeing more being done about that? Because I think that is something I wish there were more lobbyists that were, you know, fighting for mm. women uh, to get that funding. Because, I, you know, with this huge shift and change in how we work and, you know, being comfortable with the idea of, uh, you know, working and working from home or working from a, a dedicated workspace like the Grove, you know, I think it's... Uh, is something uh, I hear a lot of talk of, but not a lot of action. What are you hearing? Well, you know, 
let me let me talk about the experience that we're having here because what I am seeing in women and those statistics are a little scary. They really do kind of make you shake in your boots, right? But um, yeah. what I'm seeing here is that the women who are successful versus the women who are not succeeding are the ones who have determined whether they're going to have a hobby or they're going to have a business. Mm. Wow. And and the and they and the ones who show up and are committed to being here, to working through these challenges, to being surrounded with other women, to get the support from other women, they are succeeding. Right. One thing though, I meet a lot of people. Um, I'm always talking to other uh, female entrepreneurs and I see um, that they tend to shy away from um, those collaborative partnerships, which I think Mm -hmm. is, the main thing that's helped me to succeed. And it's almost like they're afraid you're trying to take something from them or, you know, something else is going on. And it's like, I'm just trying to help you, you know, but it's, uh, it's interesting to see that uh, those with a lot lesser experience, um, they're just not sure which way to go or who they can talk to or trust and that kind of thing. Um, you, you hit on a key, key Point. And I see this all the time that people are so focused on competition that they miss the collaboration. And here's what I'm going to just stop and tell everyone who's listening to this. Mm-hmm. There's enough to go around. <laughs> there is enough. Right now, especially you are so right. Yeah. Enough to go around. And, and listen, I've got a massage therapist who moved in here in one of our office spaces the people that she networks the most with are other massage therapists. You know why? Because she has two hands. <laughs> she can only do what she can do with two hands in her allotted amount of time. So if she connects with these other massage therapists, she has people that she trusts that she can refer people to. Then when they're too busy and she's not, they'll refer back to her. This is how that works. It's reciprocal relationships that you have to develop in the same industry with you, in the same product service or in the same offering as you. It is okay because when here's when we hold on so tightly like this to our little circle or our our little bit of um, whatever we're getting and bringing in, we are not opening up to receive more. Mm. We are holding so tightly that we are focused right here and we're not seeing out beyond what is in our immediate view. And we have got to start focusing on community over competition. If you can create community and put all of that aside. And here's another thing. I do believe firmly in the law of attraction. (laughs) Whatever you are putting out there is what is going to come back to you. So if you are not willing to try to help another woman's business succeed, you're not going to get that back. Hmm. I've done some teaching and one of my former students was putting out a lot of negative stuff on, on the internet. And I sent a little message to her just one-on-one, but I said, you know, did you ever stop to think that what you put out into the universe, you actually get back, uh, you know? So if you're saying all these negative things about certain things, you know, or people, it's likely to come back to you. And I, I think that is so, so key. It's funny you yeah. mentioned that. Like I said, I just, that just happened this week. 
Yeah, uh, you are so wise. I mean, that is so wise. And if she will receive that constructive criticism and construct constructive critique from you, her business will shift. And that is that is the next pillar that I am. Um, I have women focus on so strongly is mindset because if your mindset is not right mm. and you are not leading with the right intentions, with the right energy, with the right positivity, positivity, you're not going to get that back. Right. You're, you're going to bring all the negative stuff back to you. You're going to block all the people don't want to work with negative people. They right. don't buy your service. They don't want to sit down and, and, and do business with you at the same table. If you are bringing a heavy negative energy to the, to the room. That's you, so true. And yeah. I think, you know, people really should consider that, you know, um, your attitude considered, what is it? Your attitude determines your altitude. <laughs> you are full of it today. <laughs> That's another good one, right? <laughs> um, on that note, we're going to take another quick break. One more break here. And uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about women and men in the workforce and kind of what's happening there. And uh we're, we're going to get some more information from you and how people can uh, reach out to you at The Grove. So thanks again, Lori, for being with us. Um, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Domestic violence between intimate partners is expected to rise by 20% during and coming out of the quarantine shutdown. There are steps you can take to protect yourself. Don't wait for an abuser to hurt you. Call the police if you feel threatened. If your abuser begins to stalk you, it might be time for an order of protection. Once you get it, carry it with you and show it to police if you must call them. For more information, call the Legal Aid Society at 1-800-238-1443. And we're back talking to Lori Gaska with the Grove Workspace. And she's just been a wealth of information today. If you've missed this one, you better try to catch the replay. And I'll be posting that uh, so that uh, people can catch this because it's been, you know, a wealth of information here shared today for especially women entrepreneurs. So let's talk about uh, some more stats here. According to the Pew Foundation, women have overtaken men and now account for more than half, 50.7% of the college-educated labor force in the U.S., Yet they are still hitting that glass ceiling when it comes to leadership roles. I've heard that my whole life and my whole working career that women continue to struggle under the glass ceiling. What do you think it's actually going to take to change that, Lori? Mm, that's a good question. <laughs> I wish we had the, the magic ball to answer that one. You know, I got so frustrated with corporate America. That's why I came out of it and um, started raising our family and just took a break for a while because I just needed to detox, <laughs> detox from it. And now we're not saying all corporate is like this, right? Because there are amazing corporations out there that really support women, really elevate women. Good for them. Kudos to them. Right. Now, but something's obviously going on, right? With so um, many women leaving and starting their own businesses. There's, there's something happening and people I think need to take note, right? Yeah, there, there is definitely something happening. And I think what I am seeing and the biggest thing is that women are at a point finally where they're saying, I want to follow a passion and not a paycheck. 
and I want to do something that lights my soul, feeds my fire, you know, that is really going to leave a legacy for what the, when I'm gone, you know, and we, and that's, that's why I started the Grove. I was looking forward to the year of turning 50. So I was in my 49th year of around the sun. And I thought, this is my time. If I don't do something right now, that is full of fear. Like we talked about earlier, if I don't step forward in spite of fear, I will not do it. I won't do it. And so at 50, I said, I'm doubling down. I am doubling down and I'm going to do this. I'm going to do something that is passion, heart-centered driven versus just working for a paycheck. And I think that women are going to have to come to that decision in their mind. Like, what do I want? Do I want to continue this rat race? What am I trying to prove by it? Do I want to fight and break glass ceiling? Because you can, you can, we know it's not an easy road, but you can, but then you have to also consider why am I doing this? You know, and when you asked earlier, when you said your friend asked you, what are you fearful of? I think most of us could answer that we are fearful of what others will think of us if we fail. Mm. And think a lot of what women do and they stay in certain careers and in certain jobs because they are fearful of what the perceived look will be if they walk away from a career that they've been working at or they've been building and it may be perceived as failure. When in reality, if you're walking away from something that does not fill your heart and does not give you passion and and make you excited to wake up in the morning to go to that job, then you are, you are winning. If you walk away from it, you are winning. Um, What I will say though, is that if you are going to do this, you can't just follow passion if you need to have an income, right? Because sometimes we follow passion and we and, and it's great. Maybe we don't need the income. We just want to do something that's service driven or that's really important to us. And it doesn't matter how much money we make. For most of us, we still need an income. Right. So you have to find where that passion and profit intersect. Right. Well, I can tell you, I've, I've made that mistake going after the money. You know, I'm going to do this because I want to make a lot of money. But, I mean, you know, you obviously need to feed your family and, and so forth. But if it's not passion driven, that's another really good point mm-hmm. that I would give to the folks listening out there. You know, go for those things that you've always been passionate about, because if you just go along to try to make money, those things usually do not work out well. And I mean, that was pretty much my experience. And if I could say one thing, it would definitely be the fact that it's important to really think about something that you've done that you probably always have been good at, always been successful at, those type of things. And and that tends to be work out so well. Um, in, in, in terms of, um, I've always liked helping others and doing things that, you know, really feed the soul and, you know, make people happy and mm-hmm. satisfied with, with their own lives, helping them find their way. That's sort of my passion. Yeah. Um, but I would say that, um, you know, when you look at uh, some young woman out there that might be trying to get started, um, what would be the best piece of advice you could give her? Hmm. 
Okay, so my best piece of advice would be extremely clear on what your product, service, or offering is. Because where I see so many women fail is when they try to, maybe they do have an array of skills and an array of talents or maybe an array of products that they can offer to sell. But when they try to roll all of that out at one time, the messaging is so watered down that it is lost. You have to find your one or two things that are going to be your highlight, the things that you are going to become known for, not just because you're going to be able to do all these things for people, but because you've got those one or two things that you are really going to make your key marketing um, message. And this is so crucial because we do try to go out there and think we have to reach everyone. You do not have to reach everyone. You have to reach the right one. Mm. You do not, you do not need quality. You need quantity. I mean, you don't need quantity. You need quality. I said that backwards. You need quality clients. You need quality buyers. You need quality people who are looking for your product. So you have matched your product with the right consumer. Right. Because I have definitely, that's another thing I've learned is, you know, kind of being strategically focused where, what do they say? Niches make riches. You kind of have to really narrow down that what you're doing, you know, to those uh, few folks that uh, really can appreciate what you do and can afford your services. So, you know, uh, don't ever devalue yourself. We're all important in the grand scheme of things and what we do. And so, yeah, it's important not to just go after everything, but those things that are very uh, focused. Um, As we prepare to sort of wrap up here in just a moment, I want to, to give you the opportunity, Lori, to tell us a little bit more about the Grove Workspace and how others can actually be a part of it. Thank you. I really appreciate that. And you and I could talk all day. I just love this topic. We've, I've had a great conversation with you. So thank you so much. Yes, thank you. Okay. So thegroveworkspace.com, the Grove, G-R-O-V-E, workspace.com is where you can pretty much find everything. I will mention that there is something coming up that is our inaugural event that we're hosting in January, the first Friday of 2023. Not a better way to kick off your year for your business. If any of these things that we have talked about have piqued your interest and you think, I want to dive in more, I need to learn more about this, grab a ticket and come to Houston, Texas. (laughs) It's actually the Woodlands, Texas. It's a little bit north of Houston. You can fly into Houston and come to us. If you're in our area, of course, you can drive to us. Um, But it is going to be an intensive it's called the grove growth summit that is a tongue tire but is the grove growth summit and you can get information on tickets at the groveworkspace.com we have 12 women who are coming to teach you on legal <laughs> they are going to teach you on how to create reels how to create your branding content um how to um pivot when life doesn't go as planned We are going to teach on digital products because digital products are a fantastic way to make money. And the whole afternoon, you get to pick the breakout sessions that you want to attend that are most um, important to your business right now. So you can actually tailor the event for you and your business and where you are. So if you have a dream, this is for you. If you're just surviving in your business and not thriving, this is for you. If you are thriving and want to go to the next level, this is for you. So go to the groveworkspace.com, check that out. Um, 
we would we would love to have you. I mean, it would be such an honor to welcome you. And if you want to reach out to me, message me through there. Um, you can also find our Facebook page, the Grove Workspace. And that is so exciting. I'm yeah. so happy for you. That is going to be a wonderful, wonderful event that people really sound like they need to attend if you're, you know, just starting your business or, you know, kind of trying to find ways to grow and network and expand. So that's just, that's just awesome. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. This has been so enlightening. Um, I really hope that, um, you know, I wish you the most success with your business. Hope 2023 is an awesome year. Uh, looking forward to hearing more about uh, your event next year. I want to say that's all the time. Unfortunately, we have for now, though. Please join me for the next live episode of the Celestine Show in two weeks. You can catch replays of this and previous episodes on my Celestine YouTube channel. Thanks for watching.